2: To the, to the top. You're tuned in to
1: the Eagle Hour. From the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Saner along with producer-engineer Michael Murgens. Luke Johnson is with us from the Southern Bancorp Studio in Laurel. Glad that you're with us on this Wednesday installment of the Eagle Hour on the Mississippi Supertalk Mississippi network of stations. Across the state, a lot to talk about this hour. Jay Ladner, men's head basketball coach, will be joining us here in a moment. They're getting ready to take on UAB tomorrow night. You'd have to be living in a cave to know that uh, the Eagle baseball team is not that they're playing tonight in Wednesday. You'd have to be living in a cave to not know that, that they're playing uh, Mississippi State tonight. We're going to be talking with that with about that with heath hinton a little bit later on this first segment of the eagle hour brought to you by our friends at dickie's barbecue dickie's is the place to go for small small job catering large job catering just driving by dickie's is is worth the smell when you when you smell all the great meats that they're uh, smoking daily and now with the pandemic easing you can go back in there and you can dine in or carry out that soft serve ice cream i always said they'll say we'll be with you in a minute mr santa i said take your time (laughs) as long as the soft serve ice cream uh, machine that after you eat by the way well while you're waiting it's not in iowa okay you know where i was born and raised we don't we'd always eat it first but nonetheless the uh, golden eagle basketball team the men getting ready to take on uab tomorrow night and joining us on the super talk mississippi hotline is men's head basketball coach jay lander good afternoon coach
2: Hey Kelly good I want to make a correction and I know we generally play on Thursday. it is tonight isn't it the last, it is tonight it is tonight so I know we got all, you have tons of people listening to the show so I didn't want them to get confused but the game is tonight it sure is I,
1: and and you know I, I, and maybe I got a little bit confused because generally men in your profession will not talk to any media on game day so I, <laughs> so I appreciate so I appreciate you doing that
2: Hey, I need. Hey, we need all the help we can get. This kind of season we've had, Kelly. I need to make sure well, I keep as I, I, I keep it, keep the media as, as, as close. I've got enough enemies out there to keep the media as close to me as I can. But no, I, I, I certainly don't mind. Y'all have always been great supporters of the, in good and bad of the uh, of, of the athletic program, the university, and so I, I feel like it's my duty. And I as, of as I say all the time. Uh, it's a it's an honor for me to be on y'all show.
1: Well, let's let's talk about some some of the bright things happening in the men's basketball program. First of all, old Napper had, had him a game the other night, didn't he? Man, Waylon Napper looked really good. I thought Kelly,
2: you know, you go back your time in Hattiesburg. Of course goes back to Coach Turk, and I and gosh, I mean, if there was a year that I certainly wish Coach Turk was around uh, uh, to talk to about some things, but. Uh, it would be this year, but uh, Coach told me uh, years back, uh, and I don't can't even remember the how how we were talking about this. Of course, this was before uh, I had come to Southern Miss. But he talked about junior college players, and and a junior college player he said, "Jay, a junior college player would generally just take a, a year or so, sometimes a, a year and a half, to ever get to the point where they can contribute." And, uh, on, on a regular basis. And, you know, we're kind of getting to that because we're getting toward the tail end of the season. And, and, and he's, he's a guy that, uh, two of the last three games, he's had career highs. So he's beginning to find himself. He's beginning to be the young man that we, uh, that, you know, we knew that we signed. Uh, of course, there were a lot of people expecting a lot of instant gratification. And we would have, we would have certainly hoped so. But, but he's really played well here recently. And, uh, and dang near willed us to a win the other night at Rice on the Road.
1: Yeah. And we're going to talk about the, the last two games. you've got coming up here and again the Eagles playing UAB tonight that should be noted not tomorrow night Uh, the normal usual the normal Thursday Saturday uh, coupling of games but coach Ladner with the season that you've had regardless of what happens from here on out it obviously hasn't been the season that you had hoped for or Eagle fans had hoped for the beginning with the injury to Trey Hardy but with the with the prominence now of the transfer portal frankly speaking Jay are you afraid that you might because this season has not been what what you hoped, and perhaps other has? Had, are you afraid of perhaps losing some players to the transfer portal, and they often? Well, I,
2: I think I think that's a very fair question, and and a, and I'll say this: I'm not afraid. Uh, we, there are a certain core of guys that we want to keep, but you know that does work both ways too, Kelly and. And, uh, uh, something I think that we have to keep an eye on, but I think that's a very fair question. You know, uh, young men these days and in, in the way our society's built, it's a little bit different uh, than it was, of course, uh, probably when you and I were growing up and you learn how to stick through things and, and fight through adversity and, and hope for a next year, you know, you know, in, in 1984, 1985, uh which would happen to be my freshman year and i happened to come in i was uh, of course the the weak link of a group of a signing class that included uh casey fisher randolph keys Derek hamilton and john white and uh and then then they had this other guy out there that just happened to be taking up a uniform that would happen to be me but in 1984 85 our freshman year we won seven games you know there was never any talk uh, after the season's over of uh, this or you know van uh, uh, hall wasn't nice enough athletic dorm to stay in or or you know uh uh, uh this Louisville got to charter flight there and, and we didn't there that was no all all we did was said, hey we we had a terrible year, and we went to the old sports arena in the off season we went to work and of course the the next three years of history spoon Clance Weatherspoon, one of our assistant coaches, told our players a very similar story in 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 the year after that we graduated in in eighty nine we had another poor year after after that group that I just mentioned graduated and uh and i think they won he said nine or ten games that fall in nineteen eighty nine uh eighty eight eighty nine same thing said so hey they just went to work of course they in, ended up with two consecutive NCAA tournament trips so you know it 's all about perspective and the way that you look at things hey i 'm going to be the first one to tell you there 's nobody more disappointed and and so forth and that one loss record and we're, we 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 could go on and on about injuries and the bad luck and this and that that that's all going to come across as excuses and we're not going to use them so we're going to we're going to look forward and 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 again there's a core group of guys I think that have been loyal and they they're they're hard working guys and they're great culture guys that we want to stay and we're going to encourage them but if not there's a lot of other guys out there, and and we'll certainly utilize the transfer portal. And that's to be honest with you, Kelly. That has has become the way of the the way of of, of, of basketball. I mean, look at look at at uh, Texas Tech this year. You know, uh, uh, of course they have a the guy from our league, uh, Bryson Williams, that played at UTEP. I mean, they've got four starters that that are, are transfer portal guys and all high level guys. So they left some program. That's just the way it is. I, I certainly. Uh, will not be surprised if that happens. Do I anticipate it? No, uh, but but it could happen, and I'm I'm certainly going to be prepared for it if it does. I'm not going to be caught off guard.
1: I'm going to I'm going to let uh, Luke. I know has some questions for it, but but you were talking about uh, <clears throat> when you signed in that great signing class. Funny story that Coach Turk used to tell was that Coach Ralph Moore, an assistant coach at the time, uh, called Coach Turk and said Turk, uh, he said Coach Turk, we've got a chance to sign this Chapman kid. And uh, and, and MK Turk thinking it was Rex Chapman, or he joked, (laughs) joking that he thought it was Rex Chapman. He said, well, for heaven's sakes, sign him. Of course, that, that wound up being... Alan Chapman, Alan, yeah. right? <laughs> Slink down on the coast, but uh, that,
2: absolutely. <laughs> and he, you know, Alan, Alan has has long been a great friend and teammate. And uh, of course, he was here last weekend. You know, right. there was a big group of NIT guys, and he was there, so it was great to see him. Luke John- <laughs> Luke- <laughs> hey, Al will be the first one to tell you that'd be the big difference between Rex Chapman and
1: Alan Chapman, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, Luke Johnson, Jay Landers on the phone. Hey, Coach, uh,
0: look back to uh, February the 10th. Uh, your your team, even though you, you got beat by 21, it was tied at the half, and you guys were playing scrappy, just went cold in the second half, only made six field goals in the second half. What do you look to do tonight? Because you know you played with these guys, uh, a really good yeah. team coached by Coach Kennedy. You played with them for a half. What are you looking to do different tonight?
2: Well, Luke, first of all, good to, good to hear from you. Luke, yeah, we, we've got to – we're going to be a little short-handed. Uh, uh, we, we're we're really focusing toward uh, the the conference tournament. Uh, we've got some several guys that have, uh, of course, Tay Hardy situations well known, and and this is no secret. to them because the guys didn't play last time, of course, Tyler Stevenson's uh, got a severe uh, a groin pull and uh, has tried to practice. He'll be a game time decision tonight. Um, uh, Jeron Pierre's got a hip flexor; he he re-injured it uh, in the Western Kentucky game. He'll be definitely be out tonight. Could be done for the end of the to the to the season. And then uh, Mo Arnold, who's been starting for us at the point, he's uh, got a uh, avulsion fracture. I had to ask exactly what that was. And you know, when we say we break a finger. Uh, you, you think of a compound uh, a fracture of your bone. In his case, not only did the bone fracture, but all the tendons and everything were ripped away from the bone, the support. So he's actually done for the year himself, too. Um, but anyway, we hope to have Tyler back uh, uh, tonight. We uh, It's going to be, like I said, a game-time decision, a huge part of our team. At Jerron will not be back tonight. We hope to have him back from next week. Of course, Mo Arnold done for the year, which is another unfortunate loss for us. But with that being said, Uh, uh, that the guys that we put on the floor put seven scholarship guys or dressed out seven scholarship guys the other night against Rice. I thought they played their hearts out, gave us a chance yeah. to win. Y'all mentioned how well Wayland played, and now re- reverting back and going back to the UAB game, I really thought our first half in that UAB game on the road was probably one of the better halves that we played, and sure. we didn't play poorly in the second half. They, uh, uh, The Walker kid for UAB, that's such a high score. He got going in the second half from the three, and, uh, you know, we needed that game to go a certain way, We need, meaning that – uh, yeah. Not not a slow pace, but we needed to limit the number of possessions. And once they once they got us out to about 8 or 10 with about 8 or 9 minutes left, of course, we had to speed our tempo up, try to get going, and they yeah. stretched out on us. But that's the same type of game plan we'll have tonight.
0: Good stuff. Well, Coach, we're out of time. Thanks for uh, spending time with us on game day. Uh, good uh, luck tonight. Uh, always. We'll talk to
2: you uh, uh, honored that y'all would have me on, and thank y'all so much for your, for your balance with us. I, I certainly appreciate it. That doesn't go unnoticed on my part. Thank you so much.
0: Jay Ladder from Southern Miss Basketball. Eagle Hour continues right after this
1: the eagle hour southern miss to the top this second segment of the eagle hour brought to you by our friends at campus bookmark they're open 24 7 online at uh, campusbookmark.net and of course it's the big gold building right across from the main entrance to the southern miss campus your one-stop shop for everything southern miss not just apparel But uh, little happies and things for the holidays, things that can uh, adorn your home where everyone will know that you're a Southern Miss fan. There isn't anything you can't find at Campus Bookmark that doesn't have Southern Miss on it. So give them a check if you, uh, if you haven't already done so. From the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander along with producer-engineer Michael Murgens, Luke Johnson at the Southern Bancor Studio in Laurel. To clean up a few things here, there is a difference this week in the basketball schedule. The men play UAB tonight at the greenhouse. Uh, the women are playing tomorrow night at UAB, so the women's last two games are on the road. The men's last two games are at home. UAB and Charlotte are the last is the last two um, the last two games before the conference tournament. So we've got all that uh, taken care of now. Look, we've got that all that all situated. As joining us now is Heath Hinton from BigGoldNation.com. dot com. Now we give you kind of a a one-hour daily little capsule of what's going on at Southern Miss. But if you just can't get enough of Southern Miss sports, Big Gold Nation is where you want to subscribe, be a member, and learn everything more there is to know. And Heath Hinton is the proprietor of Big Gold Nation. Heath, good afternoon to you. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Man, big baseball game tonight up at uh, up at Trustmark Park. Bob Getty will be there reporting for us tonight on uh on the Eagle Hour, Mississippi State and Southern Miss. Mississippi State's kind of teetering right now, Heath. What's what's going on with the Bulldogs? I uh, mean, they had a tough game last night with Grambling. Uh, come out of
3: there with a two uh, to one victory. Tied, I believe, the seventh inning, and in State hit the go ahead home run. But not an easy game for Mississippi State, and uh, you know, I'm not saying it's a great chance Southern Miss pick up a victory, but you know, in times like this. Where you play one less game, uh, maybe have a little more rest. It might be a good chance for Southern Miss to uh, go in there and play well and see if they can't pick up a victory. So I'm, uh, you know, you gotta like Southern Miss chances tonight,
1: Luke. You you know I I can't believe that anybody would honestly be concerned about a five and two start for Southern Miss. I mean I guess there are some, but uh, but I, I can't believe it, Luke. What are you expecting to see tonight in this contest? Well,
0: I mean to to, to comment on that. You made five errors in one game. You made eleven errors in the first four games. That is a cause of concern, and the way that you couldn't get runs across. If it's any sport outside baseball, you're concerned. It's baseball, you're semi concerned. So that you know that that's that's part of it. Heath, before we get specifically to tonight, give me uh, your biggest takeaways from this past weekend. Maybe the top two.
3: Uh, situational hitting. I think if you got runner at third with less than two outs, you got to get that run home. And it hasn't been Southern Miss' forte this year. How many times have they've had runners at first and third hitting to a double play? Bases loaded, nobody out, and you get a run or you don't get any runs. Happened quite a few times. I think situational hitting has been a cause of concern. Um, you know, hitting into double plays. A lot of double plays hitting too early this season. That's a cause for concern. Uh, you know, maybe – the defense for errors sometimes that's cause for concern. and there's times where there's been some outstanding plays on defense. Uh, it, you you really have to you know those are the two areas that kind of stick out to me. But as far as pitching, I think it's been outstanding. Um, yeah. Even though yes, they lost five to three, the pitching was good enough to win that game. They had guys in position plenty of time to score more runs, and they uh, said bases loaded, nobody out.
0: We we should mention Golden Eagles uh, right now lead the country in walk, or through yesterday, lead the country in strikeout-to-walk ratio. like 84 strikeouts, 13 walks, and uh, they were, before last night, top 15 in in overall strikeouts. What would surprise you more, um, that statistic or... You know, you look at some of these top hitters. The one that jumps out to me, Slade Wilkes right now, through seven games, and he started all seven games batting three ninety-one. That was, that. that's going to be huge going down the stretch in the emergence of Carson Peto. And then, you know, some of the other guys, Montenegro at two fifty, McGillis at two thirty eight, Dickerson at two hundred. You, know, you could see maybe a, a guy like Peto. you know, if Dickerson struggles to kind of move up, uh, you know into the the top of the lineup but but your thoughts about the young guys peto and wilkes
3: I, I think they're coming along nicely uh peto with the uh oppo taco as they like to say these days opposite field home run uh you got like i like the way he looks so far you know there was one play in the outfield where he got turned around but uh like him in the lineup wilkes has been hitting the ball really well i want to talk about maybe not a younger guy but a veteran guy that's really Just looks like a totally different player this year, year, and that's Ewing. Absolutely. He looks more comfortable in the outfield defensively. He's clearly swinging the bat well Uh, this season. He put on some muscle. He just looks like a totally different player this year, and uh, you can tell. I mean, look how many great catches he's made in the outfield so far. Um, Just a totally different player, and my hat's off to him for the transformation he made.
1: Now, Ewing, you know, he came to Southern Miss from Pearl River. And Pearl River's nationally ranked, uh, you know, had a nationally ranked team. But still, junior college, is, is, it's not Division One, You know, so to make that adjustment a little bit to try to kind of find your way and feel comfortable in that lineup, that doesn't surprise me that he's that he's off to the great start. And we had said on this program going into the season that I, I've always thought that Slade Wilkes is a stud. And early in the season, and, and Coach Barry talked about this on Monday, we had noted that pitching tends to... To win these early games. That the hitting is not really going to catch up to the pitching until temperatures start to warm up a little bit. So if that's if that's true, and and, and I believe that and Coach Barry believes that, if Slade Wilkes is batting this these kind of averages this early in the year, you know, what is that gonna say when temperatures warm up? Now, granted, the pitching he's gonna see, particularly in the next ten games or so, are gonna be pretty decent. Yeah. But but still, man, for him to start out when the other guys are starting out with more reasonable averages for this time of year. But when he's batting nearly 400 this early, man, it's, this could be a w- killer year for Slade Wilkes.
3: I think the biggest thing for Slade was getting him out of the field, where he doesn't have to worry about playing the field, and he just has to worry about hitting it, DH. I think that move made wonders for him. I think uh, maybe he was getting down himself because of maybe some defensive plays or something like that, now he's at the bat. He doesn't have to worry about it. And he's he's a young kid. He's just up there, you know. I think that makes a big difference when you only have to worry about one part of the game, and that's fine. Because Southern Miss has some really strong DH guys, and if that's him, that's great because he's uh, ripping the cover off the baseball right now, and the power numbers will come for him. And there's two schools.
1: Uh, there's two schools of thought on that, Heath. One is, yeah, there is only one thing to worry about, but a lot of guys who who DH. We'll say it's difficult, it's more difficult, shall we say, to keep your mind focused you know, in the game when you're only called upon once every you know, two or three innings. So there is that other side of the coin, too. Some guys will say it's easier for them to stay completely focused when they have to worry about offense and defense. Just throwing that but the, out there.
3: But Yeah, but the numbers with Slade kind of tell you the opposite story. I mean, if you look at his numbers when he was playing the field and now he's just DHing, it's totally flip-flop. So you kind of have to think maybe the other the other way of thought is what's going on there.
1: Could be,
0: could very well be. Um, thoughts about tonight? We're going to hold you over because we want to talk the new football schedule and get your thoughts about basketball. Thoughts tonight um, against Mississippi State? Tanner Hall on the mound. Mississippi State throwing Fristo. Uh, we saw you know what what Hall's capable of, especially with the mix up of pitches. Um, will this be one where they try to get you know the you, the bigger picture? You're trying to stretch him out, you know, and and uh, get it get his arm going. I mean, you know, if he's if he's throwing pretty well, what five six innings tonight? If you could,
3: maybe. And you also have to look at it. They might want to get some guys work that hadn't gotten any work yet. These midweek games are designed to get other pitchers work. So there's some guys in the mound that haven't seen a lot of time. Toe in the rubber, and I think this may be an opportunity for them. So, yeah, you may get four, maybe five innings out of him and then go to the bullpen and get some other guys' work. Uh, you hope that that's the – look, Coach Oz is such does such a fantastic job with pitching. I kind of tend to not doubt him. So I, I think he's probably got a game plan, but if I was to guess, I'd probably say, yeah, four to five. Hopefully you get that from Hall and then go to the bullpen and get some guys some work.
0: You know, a guy who you have not seen throw all year, and I haven't heard any injury report or ever is is We Hunt. He hasn't thrown at all, and that was no. uh, that was a guy that you know we thought you know it, last year started um, started one of the regional games and a big old you know big old kid six six two forty one. He hasn't thrown, and there's a few other guys that we we haven't seen in the mix. So it'll be interesting to see what they do tonight. Maybe uh, you'd expect Lady maybe. We Maybe Stewart might work. might come out, uh, you know, some tonight and and uh, but yeah, I mean it, it's pretty interesting to me. We hadn't seen him.
3: Yeah, We Hunt get some extended work. Sorry to be talking about you there. My fuck would shut off. Um, we Hunt get some extended work tonight, maybe. The uh, same roads out there. There's a couple of guys we haven't seen on the mound that uh, we'd be interested to. See. Just such a deep pitching staff, you know. I found out. Uh, yesterday,
1: that there are 12 guys on his roster to throw 90 plus. Yeah, 12. Pretty amazing. That is Kelly, insane. Kelly, you ever throw 90? No. I don't think I ever hit 90. <laughs> I'm saying, like, batting average, I don't think I've ever hit 90.
3: I mean, think about that, guys. If Southern went to the College World Series, they had one or two guys that would maybe touch 91, 92. It's
1: different. And different We're times. not that
0: far removed. Yep. Hey, Heath, uh, pause that thought. We'll take a break. Eagle Hour live from the Southern Bancor Studios continues on this Wednesday. We'll talk the new football schedule and uh, basketball tonight against UAB right after this.
2: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss
1: to the top.
0: Third segment, as always, brought to you by 4th Street. Home 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Daily lunch. Lots of stuff going on. Premier place right across the street from Southern Miss. 4th Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We continue with... Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation, Luke, Michael, and Kelly, live from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel on this beautiful Wednesday spring day, second day of March. All right, Heath. Flipping the page uh, to to football, guys. Uh, Will Hall taking uh, the Natchez Straits approach to spring practice from February the nineteenth to April the second, getting fifteen practices in. They've got four in um, over the the last few weeks. Uh, they'll hit, they'll hit the practice field tomorrow and Saturday, I believe. Any stories worthwhile? Uh, we've heard some you know good things said about about Tykes, but any any stories at all that people need to know about coming out of spring football so far?
3: I just think the the fact that they're working on depth on the defensive and offensive line is huge. Um, a lot of times in practice last year they were having trouble running the offense because they couldn't block long enough. So I think the depth on the offensive defensive line is really something to keep an eye on this year and those transfers they had coming in. Um, know more about it. I mean, yeah, they're present, but you really want to know more about it. Let's see the first scrimmage and see what happens there. I think that's a tell-and-tale more than practice right now. In practice, this is spring, and they're getting ready. i tell you what, though, I do like the idea of doing spring early like this because it gets the kids used to coming in school and practicing football, which they will be doing in August. So I like the idea of coming in fresh off of coming in school, start practice, because that's what they'll be dealing with when they get here in August. So I like this idea of starting it early.
0: All right, let's uh, let's turn the page uh, with football. Let's let's talk about this schedule that was released yesterday, and I think everybody's seeing it wasn't just the Sun Belt releasing the schedule; it was Southern Miss uh, affirming which schedule they are going to to uh, to follow, and it is uh, the Sun Belt version. And uh, let's just let's just walk through this, and we we talked about it some yesterday. Uh, four non-conference games to open the season, two at home, two on the road, and then uh, a week off, first week October, and then you hit eight in a row. What are uh, in the – before we get to, like, wins and losses, tell me what you're most excited about. It could be a game. It could be the layout. It could be who's coming to the Rock, where are we going. Give me the, the most excited thing you are uh, about when you look at this schedule. the schedule.
3: Eas- the, the easiness of travel to away conference opponents. I mean, think about it, guys. You could only really get to two by driving if you didn't want to drive, you know, eight hours, and that was UAB and LaTex. Now you look at it, you got South Alabama, Troy, ULM, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas State's not that bad. Th- these are games that fans can get to, and, and you could cover re- with rather ease. Just that alone is uh, is exciting to look at, especially for somebody that covers the sport. I think that's going to make a huge difference going forward.
1: Luke, the, the, the game on the 27th of October, we touched upon it briefly yesterday. But, man, everybody that I've talked to said that ought to be a day that, that uh, workers in the Hattiesburg area in particular get the day off. to get a jump on tailgating nationally televised game the weekend before Halloween. It has all the makings of craziness in Hattiesburg. That's the feedback I've gotten is that if you could look at one game, it's going to be that Lafayette game on the 27th of October.
0: Heath, he doesn't it that that situation kind of reminds you of some of those, you know, the times when I played, even the late nineties. But particularly when I played, we had a whole lot of Thursday games, and you basically could circle a Thursday game that that we were going to play every year, whether it was Nebraska or TCU or Houston or Louisville. And it just seems like this has the potential to to be to bring back some of that electric Thursday night atmosphere.
3: Oh yeah, Southern Miss has played some Thursday games. I mean, you know, think about. It year or year two ago. I mean, they played uh, South Alabama on Thursday. Uh, they played some Thursday games, but they hadn't played any on, you know, CBS College Sports, sure, but none on the ESPN Networks, none on ESPN2 or, you know, U, where everybody gets it. And those games back in the day where it was conference, where it was the old Conference USA where you had Louisville coming into town or TCU when they were undefeated. Uh, those games, that's what this schedule, that's what people are looking for out of the Sun Belt. We're getting back to those days where, you know, I was at that TCU game, one of the loudest atmospheres of any sporting event I've ever been to, and it wasn't sold out. There was 30,000 there. But that place was raucous, and they tore down the goalpost at the end. Yeah,
1: didn't didn't TCU have a running back named Lodini and Tomlinson? Not that, no, that game. Was, we we that beat was him in 2000. Oh, that, okay.
0: At the freezing GMAC bowl game. Okay, I gotcha. Yep. They you.
3: had Casey Printers at quarterback when they came here. Uh, I think It was the next year, um, and they were undefeated. And I remember the players uh, taking toasted bags out afterwards, and, and you know having fun with that because they kept them out of a uh, fiesta bowl. And so, and, it, you know, those are things I remember, and that's what this schedule reminds you of.
1: But when you look at that schedule, Heath Hinton, that's pretty deep water. Anybody that thinks that uh, that, that there's any discrepancy between the caliber of teams in Conference USA and Sunbelt. Better take another good look at this schedule because there's not a a whole lot of low-hanging fruit there.
3: No, in fact, I look at the schedule, and you look at the first four games, and for them to be ball eligible this year, they they need to come out of those first two games with at least two and two because the conference slate is tougher. Uh, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, South Alabama, Georgia State's not going to be bad. Um, you know, these are, these are games. This schedule, by moving conference now, you've got a tougher schedule going forward than what conference USA was. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, not a cakewalking schedule, and to be bowl eligible, it's, it's, it's going to take, take a Herculean effort.
1: Luke, you were talking about some of those other games, too. You know, another one I'm looking forward to is, and it's late, if not the last game. Is Louisiana Monroe because you isn't Matt Kubik back up there?
0: Yeah, he's the actual, he's the OC yeah. there under Terry Bowden. Yeah, so that's I'm the- excited about that. And so Heath, you, we got an opportunity because this is something we talked about yesterday. So next year, Southern Miss will play Mississippi State uh, the next to last season of uh, uh, week of the season, and I'm I am of the approach and I will advocate advocate strongly. That they need to move the South Alabama game, and it needs to be a perennial final game of the year, um, in order to set up some built-in rivalry, because Southern Miss has been lacking that.
3: Yeah, if the problem is they've already got a pretty big rival with Troy that they already do that with, I believe. So you know, to kind of tell two in-state schools, we're we're going to that's going to be tough, and I understand why they put it next to last game because. You know, you get those last games of the season; it means more. I do think, in the long run, that because the schools are within a you know hour, twenty five, thirty minutes of each other, that's going to be a just a a massive rival in all sports: basketball, baseball. I mean, we can't beat them in baseball right now, but um, basketball, baseball, football. That's going to be a that's going to be a top tier rivalry. In the Sun Belt Conference going forward, I believe Luke, would I you believe they, you go know, them there for a purpose because you know that's a three hour drive that's pretty close to
1: Luke. Would you go for a USM South Al first game of the year conference well, wise? I, I'm
0: actually just looking back through their schedules and and they've only played Troy the final game of the season only once in the last um, I'm looking back to 2017, so. That you know that could be something that they moved to, but this past year they played Coastal. They played them the final game in, in twenty twenty. But yeah, I, I'm not one. I don't like playing conference games out the gate because you may look up in week eleven and the fact that you know you were it, it was a should have been a warm up game or just a get the kinks out game and it determines whether or not you play in a conference championship. I, I like pushing the non. I like
1: week two, maybe week three. I just
0: don't like leading it all.
1: No, no, I meant I meant first conference game.
0: Oh, I got you. Sure, yeah, I, I, but at the same time, man, if you're in November, um, if you play on the last, so so the only the, to to y'all's point, attendance will always be an issue over Thanksgiving weekend. Right. So to your point, it may be better to move it up. Yeah, earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, regardless, and and whenever I see a Southern Miss football schedule that has a game at the Rock on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I'm always kind of bummed out, quite honestly, because I know me and maybe a few other people, so to speak, are going to be there because everybody seems to pack up and leave for Thanksgiving and and certainly doesn't come to a football game, even though weather-wise it's usually the most beautiful day of the year. Yeah, you got students that are
3: out, too. right? And, you know, that's a huge thing when you – don't even have your student section in. Yeah. So that makes it difficult as well.
0: Hey Heath, uh, only about 20 seconds. Uh Jay Ladner told us some guys we miss him from the lineup potentially till the conference tournament. You care to add to that?
3: Uh yeah, I just know that uh you know Tyler and JP have uh leg injuries, uh hip and and Moe's a finger and look, I think it's okay because they need to be fresh when it comes time for the uh Moe's out for the season, but JP and Tyler to be more fresh when they get to the conference tournament. They're actually not playing terrible right now and gave uh you know played well in their last two games. I should have won their last game, but I like the idea they'll be fully ready to go around tournaments. That tournament slate is going to be tough, guys. Yeah, it is. That's going to be tough.
0: We appreciate your time, Heath. Have a great week. You too, guys.
1: God bless. That's Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Kelly Sander, we got one more segment together. Let's rock and roll, baby, as the Rolling Stones take us to commercial break.
2: miss to the top to the top you're tuned in to the eagle
1: hour this final segment of the eagle hour brought to you by D1 and D-Bat training i was just talking to Bailey Hartel not too long ago and Bailey was talking about he's working with some kids at D1 and D-Bat getting their uh, swings just right, heading into travel ball season, whether it's softball or baseball. And they can handle all that for you on one side. Or if you want to get into some great shape and uh, knock off a few pounds or just live healthier, uh, the training side of D1 and D-Bat can help you. We're glad that they're with us here on the Eagle Hour. Kelly Santer along with Luke Johnson and Michael Murgens. Luke, we were talking a little bit about the Sun Belt in football what about Sunbelt basketball? I was at the, the uh, junior college state tournament at Pearl River that the Wildcats hosted last week. And of course, nothing like a state tournament to attract every type of Division I basketball coach in the world. And Mississippi has and has had great talent you know, over the years. But talking with three assistant coaches in the Sunbelt one from Troy, one from Lafayette, and one from Georgia State. And they were all talking. You know, about the season that Southern Miss had, and that it's been a disappointing season, and Coach Ladner, you know, admits to that. But these coaches were saying that next season, all things being equal, the Southern Miss team can even improve marginally. They think that the Sun Belt, because the Sun Belt from top to bottom in basketball is perhaps not quite as good as Conference USA, that it's going to make the Southern Miss program even look better. Again, because the competition top to bottom is not as strong in Sunbelt. All three of them agreed with that. Makes sense, doesn't it, if that's what happens, Luke? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, they, they, they look
0: at it more than me and are fully aware of it more than me. I, what I am, either one's a one-bid big league. right? And I, I think probably there's a little more parity in conference USA, then there will be in Sun Belt because you've got uh, you know some some good teams. Appalachian State made the the tournament last year uh, for the Sun Belt, um, but probably as you go on down the chain to their point, you probably have you know less. Uh, fierce competition, and so it could be a, a team like Southern Miss could find themselves walking in, you know, being right in the middle somewhere, right, rather than being towards the bottom
1: in Conference USA, which most people would obviously per- perceive as improvement. So, so I think I I think that there's a, a silver lining to this move, you know, particularly in basketball. But one thing that will be really keenly watched, and Coach Ladner alluded to it in his discussion earlier this hour is that who will leave via the transfer portal? Who might the Eagles get via the transfer portal? We'll all agree that the transfer portal has completely changed the landscape of college athletics regardless of the sport. Your thoughts?
0: I mean, it's something that, that Jay told us you know, last year. He said with the transfer portal, you have to recruit your own roster possibly just as hard as you recruit you know, those that you want to be a part of your roster. So that's that's the unfortunate part about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sooner or later, I mean, he, he certainly sounded like, and, and some of the things that, that you know, we've been hearing, we could, we could be wrong either way, but it, it seems like there, he's going to be the coach next year. I mean, you know, talking about going forward and, of course, whether that decision has been made or hasn't been made in whoever's mind, whatever. You roll you roll with what you've got while you've got it and until it changes so you would certainly you know think um, there's got to be things that are addressed on this roster um, and again you know if, if Arnold's out for the year and Pierre's out until the tournament and Stevens I mean it's just some of your best players you you don't have access to and that that's just killer for anybody
1: Well one guy one guy that I am convinced absolutely will be back is Trey Hardy. Uh, in some of the discussions that he's had with other players of his caliber, uh, he and the transfer portal has come up in those conversations. And Trey Hardy said, "I'm not going anywhere." Is he got a twin brother? Is it Trey or Tay? Tay. What did I say? Did I say <laughs> You've been Trey? Calling him Trey. Yeah. Have I? I'm sorry. No, Tay. Tay Hardy. Um, my bad. But but he said that that he's he's in. He's in hook, line, and sinker. So you don't have to worry about losing Tay Hardy. And if he, you know, was the anchor of this team this year, then that's certainly yeah. good news. You know that he'll be back next year. And sure. also, man, a, a special uh, shout out to Coach Blake Anderson. I don't know if Southern Miss fans have been following the plight, and I do say the plight of his family is well documented that he lost his his wife not long ago to was it, it was cancer, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and now word comes this past week that he. He lost a son, so my goodness, that guy has got a lot on his plate, and was such a such a fine coach and a fine man, and, a, and who loved, you know, Southern Miss. Now he was it, a good one too, yeah. And he, coached, he of course, he coached. Uh at Arkansas State, and is with Larry Fedora
0: at UNC. So certainly our thoughts and prayers with with the Anderson family. Three uh, sporting events tonight, men's basketball at home at 7 p.m. against UAB. Softball on the road in Gainesville. They'll take on the Lady Gators at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. And then 6 p.m., Golden Eagles take on Mississippi State and Trustmark. Kelly, no TV for this one. John Cox on the call, but it's a little interesting to me. And I guess uh, to your point during the break, maybe Trustmark Park's got something to do with that.
1: Yeah, they might have the rights to everything going out of there. And, of course, they might say in order to sell tickets, you know, the people think if you live stream or televise things that people won't buy tickets. I don't think that's true, but that could be the reason. But that bed music tells us that this edition of the Eagle Hour has come to a close. Tomorrow on the program, we'll check in with Patrick McGee, com, And the visitor from the East, the mysterious Kelnak, makes his debut Who? tomorrow. You'll find out tomorrow. Stay tuned. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top.